Has your mom started changing her normal routines? Maybe she mentioned that she's only showering once a week now, or she only bakes when you're there because you can reach the mixing bowls. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and you may not be thinking much of these little changes, but they're clues that your mom may benefit from occupational therapy. This week, we're talking with Heidi of Ascend Therapy about how this type of therapy can really help seniors stay independent and safe. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you like today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. Heidi, welcome to the show. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you here today. This is such an important subject. And we actually just did an episode last week about in-home care and home health care. So this is perfect timing to have you on the show. And today we are talking about occupational therapy. So for our listeners that aren't exactly sure what that is, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Yes. So occupational therapy is really awesome in my humble opinion. Um, (laughs) And we basically, a lot of people get confused because they're like, oh, well, I'm not working anymore. I don't have an occupation, but occupation is not like work, but our daily occupations in terms of the daily things that we do. So basically when I explain what I do, um, occupational therapy, working with aging adults in the homes or communities or wherever they're at, I basically help people do what they want or need to do, do the daily things that they want or need to do. So if someone is struggling either for, I mean, a a variety of reasons, health concerns or physical mobility or whatnot, and they struggle to do their daily tasks, like going to the bathroom or taking a shower or walking their dog or feeding their pets or feeding themselves. um, We, we work to kind of overcome barriers, break down those barriers and, and work on either modifying tasks and environments or figuring out a new way to kind of do these things so that people can still be active and engaged in their daily activities. Yeah. I, I really love that because I think, you know, with the work that we do, I think most of the time seniors are wanting to continue to live in their homes, you know, for as long as they can. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the other thing that's really tough is that no one really wants to admit that they need help, <laughs> especially right. with some of those things like showering or going to the bathroom. Right. And I yes. have to tell you, it's so funny. So we, we actually have an episode and it's about toilet talk, you know, and it's, <laughs> and it's, it's actually one of our most popular episodes <laughs> because, you know, people can sneak in there and listen. <laughs> Right. Right. No one has to know, but they can get the information. Exactly. So, so I really love that. So we're, we're really talking about getting assistance with, with those things that we maybe take for granted sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we get to that point where you get older and now it is harder, you know, to do some of those things like you were saying. And so with all of the families that you work with, what is the number one thing that families are most concerned about? Families are 
are really most concerned about what I what I see most often is just safety in the home, wherever that home might be. But just is is their loved one who's at home either alone or with a spouse who also maybe needs you know a little help here or there is are they going to be safe and be, while they're doing what what they need to do? Do you find that it's mostly the adult children that are reaching out? Yes. So I've, I've had both, but I'll, I'll tell you a lot of times when I've done like health fairs and whatnot, it's the people who look like they're, they're getting by, but struggling a little bit, maybe having a hard time walking, but they're, they're doing what they're doing. And they're like, Oh, I don't need therapy. I'm fine. And then it's the the people who are actually like more active and, and going, that's like, Oh, I might need this one day. So let me get your information. And <laughs> And when we think about like what we talked about earlier, the toileting and the showering, like people do it, right? If you're living on your own, you're doing it and you're getting by. So they don't think about needing help because they're doing it, but they're struggling every day to do it. And so that's when I come in and kind of find an easier way, a better way, a safer way, and not to come in and like change people's routines. Because when you do something the same way for 75 years, like you're not going to want to just change it all, right? But but like little tweaks or tips and tricks to just make things easier. And so a lot of times it is the adult children who see those things more, right? Because the, the adult themselves is they're doing it. They might be struggling, but they're doing it. Um, But I have had, you know, people who, who something changes or, you know, they notice that things are getting a little more difficult and they're eager to learn new ways to do things to be more independent also. So it comes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, this is really a situation too, where what you do applies to other things. It could apply to someone recovering from surgery, you know, different things. It doesn't just have to be a senior, but of course that's what we're talking about today. (laughs) So yeah, I would say we definitely see that a lot where it's the, for us, the adult children. And I think that's, it's exactly what you're saying. If you're doing it, you think you're okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, right. you think everything's fine, even if you have a little bit of difficulty. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of those safety concerns and, and things that families can do to, to be more safe. Yeah. So one of the biggest concerns is just falling and fall risks. You know, you, no one wants that to happen to themselves or a family member or anyone. So I have a, a ton of safety things to help with that. But I also like to think about just little things that seem simple or that are simple that we might kind of overlook or overpass or not think about. Some of those would be like, don't rush to answer the phone or the door. I know a lot of people and the phone rings and they, they jump out of their chair, they try to go get it. And it's, it's, it's not safe the way that they're moving so quickly, you know? Um, and, and your friends or family would rather wait a few more seconds, maybe even a few more minutes than have you be on the floor or end up in an accident. So that's, that's a big one that I talk about is just not to, or even, even going to the bathroom, right? Sometimes we have those urges and they come on really quickly and we rush into the bathroom, but there's things that we can do to to work on that for sure. Incontinence is another area that OT works with and kind of planning with that, but just not to rush through our daily things. And that's a, a big safety point. Another simple one is ensuring that you have adequate lighting. A lot of times things get kind of dark and we don't notice where we don't have lights or, you know, if we've lived in the same house for so long, 
and it's always had this lighting. We don't recognize when it's harder to see in certain areas. So things like remembering to replace burnt out bulbs. I know that's one thing in my house. I'll look around and I'm like, oh, that's burnt out. (laughs) I should probably fix that. But sometimes it takes, you know, if there's like three lights in the room, it takes until two of them are burnt out till I notice, you know? (laughs) So making sure that we're noticing that opening the blinds during the day to allow for some natural lighting and having motion censored or light censored dawn to dusk, dusk to dawn um, nightlights, especially between like the bed and the bathroom, or if you do need to go somewhere to just make sure that we're able to see where we're going. I really love that you're bringing up lighting because honestly, that's something I didn't even think of that that falls under occupational therapy. I didn't even realize that there are some really good products that you can get at the hardware store or on Amazon, you know, that where you walk into a room and it automatically lights up, right. Right. And you don't even have to think about it. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, lighting that's, that's huge. And sometimes, especially like in the kitchen, if you're under a counter or in a cabinet or cupboard, like there's no lights down there. So it's hard. So they make things that you can, you know, stick lights on or at my, my family's cabin. I I hate cleaning the toilet downstairs because I can't see if it's getting clean or not because the way (laughs) the placement of the light is just like not over the toilet. And so it just makes me think of that. And and there are ways, you know, if you're, if you're in a space and there's no light, there are products, like you said, that we can add lighting, you know, make make a way to make it brighter. And you mentioned, you mentioned the kitchen. So that what, I mean, what comes to mind with the kitchen are all those times when I will see someone who is aging and someone who usually uses a walker and now they're bending down to get into a lower cabinet. And I'm always like, Whoa, <laughs> like, Oh my gosh. Is that okay? Like, are you, you know, and because I'm thinking I would, you know, I might struggle <laughs> right. into like this lower cabinet. Um, but especially the kitchen area and then also bathrooms too, yeah. where you have the, you know, generally you have your supplies under the sink. And so you're mm-hmm. bending over and mm-hmm. having to get things. And so I think it's those little things that, yeah, we just don't always think about. Right. And like we said, things that we've been doing something for so long, so we don't think about changing it. So one thing that I really like to recommend in the kitchen is anything that you either use really often or things that are big and kind of heavy to to create a space, not so it's cluttered, but organize a space on the counter and just kind of leave those things on the counter or like the first drawer up or down. Anything that is kind of heavier that you don't have the counter, I would try to keep between like shoulder and and waist height. So you're not bending super low or reaching up high and getting something that's big and bulky and heavy. So those are two things that I like to recommend in the kitchen. I also do work a lot with people who do have walkers just on positioning the walker the right way when we are reaching for something and locking the brakes on the rollators and not reaching over the walker to get something, but turning to the side and then turning ourselves. So that's, that's more of a a visual thing to, to show and demonstrate, but I, I do that a lot. It's just working on positioning because our positioning has a lot to do with body mechanics and our ergonomics and our safety while we do bend and reach and grab things. One thing that I think is super cool, which I think should just be more common and standard for everyone in kitchens is like the pull-out cabinet. So you open the cabinet and you can pull the drawer out. You can see and reach things. And then they also have like pull-down cabinets and upper ones. And I haven't 
seen those in person. I've seen, you know, like I've, I've heard of them, um, but I think that's super awesome because they are high, right? And we don't want to be stepping up on step stools all the time to get things like that's not safe until we can <laughs> no. open and, and pull it down, then we can reach the things. So I just think it would be awesome if, if all kitchens could have those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's another, that's another good point is, you know, there are those things that you can add, you know, whether it's a mm-hmm. ramp or, or it's these cabinets. I love right. that. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. So little cool. things. And you were talking about the bathroom. That's another huge area for safety. And there's all sorts of things that we can do in the bathroom to kind of just feel more secure. A huge thing is the shower, right? People, it's it's slippery. There's a lot of white tile. You can't really see what's where. And I have a whole like I have I have trainings just on showers, <laughs> um, handouts just on showers and safety and setup. But I really love like traction strips in the shower or like the little traction decals versus a mat because the mat you have to bend over and pick up every time so it doesn't get all soggy and moldy and mildewy and they start to slide or they're just not right. Um, So I like using those traction strips because it provides the traction, but there's not really any maintenance unless eventually it falls off and then you put a new one down, right? But someone can help with that too. And then a huge thing for me is right outside the shower, having a, a bath mat with traction on the bottom. I see a lot of people just using the small towel type bath mats where oh, it's wow. just a towel, right? And then they step out or, or they don't have anything or it's a, a, a big rug or something that, that's sliding. And if, it, if the mat is sliding, then what's going to prevent you from sliding? It kind of defeats the purpose of having it. So I like smaller ones too, because then if someone does use a, a walker or, or just stepping, you know, we don't like trip over it if it's sticking out. If it's smaller, you can kind of leave it there all the time again to prevent the bending up and down. But something that has good traction on the bottom for outside the shower is, is hugely important. Yeah, I really, I really love that. And, you know, as we're talking, I'm just thinking about um, something that happened to my mom last year and she was in the bathroom and she fell and she was unable to get up for a while. She was, she didn't have her phone with her and it took her a while before she figured out how to, to get up and out of that situation. Mm. And the thing that comes to mind for me is, is there, are there clues to look for before something happens before that fall happens that should be triggering in people's minds to say, okay, maybe I need to add grab bars or, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I need to think about a mat (laughs) that has traction, (laughs) right? Are, are there any clues that people yeah. can look for? It definitely. And it, it's funny you bring that up because honestly, I haven't really thought too much about that, you know, thinking about the warning signs, but there definitely are. And one is things being more difficult than before, right? I know people who like they need momentum and they rock back and forth to get up from the toilet. You know, that's probably a sign that we should get either a grab bar or they have like toilet toilet safety frames that you can hook on the toilet instead of like screwing something into the wall. It's more temporary to help someone get up that way. If you're noticing, you know, dragging your feet a little more, having a hard time, like taking good steps, then you really want to watch out for what's on the floor, you know, not having extra mats. Cause I know a lot of people also have rugs, you know, in front of the sink and by the shower and by the toilet and, you know, all these places. And we don't really 
want a lot of those. If if you are knowing that you just need to be very cautious when getting in and out of the shower and you're taking your time and paying attention to what you're doing, that's awesome. But that's also a sign that maybe there's something that we can do to help us feel a little more secure, like the mat or getting a grab bar in place um, or the, the traction strips, you know. So there's there's these little things, but it it takes us to think about what we're doing. And a lot of times yeah. we just do these because they're our daily tasks we've done since we were two years old, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so we end up not thinking about them. But if we kind of take a step back, like, is this more difficult or am I doing it slower than I did a year ago? or is it is it just different? And if it's different, then you know let's let's add something to help us feel more secure and prevent something like what you said. Yeah, and I think it and I think it goes back to just you know not wanting to admit you need help or it's kind of embarrassing, right? To be and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know, I know from my mom's perspective. 70 doesn't seem that old. 70 doesn't seem, you know, but, and so you, you know, I know she's said to herself like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not that old. I don't need grab bars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's what you were saying earlier about the people that come to your table and they're like, yeah, the future. (laughs) There's just so much, so many negative connotations with aging, I feel. And and it, I mean, it's a part of life, right? I'm different now at 33 than I was 10 years ago at 23. There's things that I can't do and things that I do differently. And and so it's the same thing in our 20s and 30s as it is in our 70s and 80s, you know, just things change. And um, there's so many tools like the grab bars and like walkers and all these things that can help us be more independent. But so many people are afraid that it will make them feel or seem or look old or look like they need to depend on something rather than seeing that they're using it to do more, you know? So it's, it's, it's just hard. Yeah, it really is. And I, and I think, you know, hopefully this is like a first step to just at least Mm -hmm. shine the light on the fact that you can get assistance. Like there is someone who can come out and help so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what does that look like when you go into a home and you have that first consultation? Yeah. So we basically just take a look at what's going on, what people do throughout their day, what they enjoy doing, what they maybe want to do better, stronger, safer, easier than they're doing now. And I generally have people just kind of move around to, to see how they're moving and what they're doing. And you know, look at strength and balance and whatnot. And then we just kind of problem solve like the things we've talked about, you know, and and we, we continue that on throughout our session. Every session is pretty much just a a problem solving situation. And then once we figure out the solution, if we need to work on something strength wise or, or otherwise, then we kind of do that. It's kind of going backwards for a second. But one thing I I wanted to say that I forgot (laughs) when you were talking about people being afraid to ask for help, um, I have a, a presentation that's like top 10 ways to stay active and independent and number we go backwards. So number one, which is the last one, cause we save the best for last, um, <laughs> is not to be afraid to ask for help. And I really see asking for help as a sign of wisdom rather than weakness, because you recognize what is a little more difficult than it used to be. And you want to fix it, right? You want to get stronger and better versus if we just want to pretend that we're doing just fine. And we don't get help for something and, and then things get worse. And then we end up in a situation we don't want to be in. Yeah. So 
just kind of throwing that out there. And, you know, like in terms of looking for occupational therapy, you're thinking about receiving assistance, not to hesitate away from that, but to jump on it. And I mean, we just come in and have fun and we talk together, you know, it's not like I'm going to come in and tell people to change everything about their life. Like I won't do that. And even if people they'll tell me they're doing something that they know I don't want them to do, but they're going to do it that way. So I'm like, okay, so let's work around the other ways. And every, every occupational therapist is different and might do things a little differently, you know, but our whole thing is, is looking at the person and the person's wants and needs and desires and just helping them be able to do what they want to do safely so they can continue to live the life they want to live as long as they can. Yeah. To live their best life. And we've talked about seniors in their home receiving these services, but home can be anywhere. So home can be an independent living community and even an assisted living community because, Mm -hmm. and I think this is really important, even if you're in in an assisted living facility, which means that there are caregivers that are helping you, it's still important to stay strong Mm -hmm. and be as independent as you possibly can, even if you also need caregivers. And so I think occupational therapy can fit into so many different scenarios for seniors to just help them stay, even though they don't feel maybe sometimes that it is independence, a sign of independence, but mm-hmm. really it, it truly it is, is because it you're is. helping them to remain independent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it, it is that mindset, I think for sure. And you actually, yeah. you actually have an ebook on your website. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in show notes, we're going to get all of your information in there so that people can find you and they can find that ebook as well. And so what would be your number one doable tip for families? My number one doable tip would be, this might seem kind of broad, but it's like the first step, right? Just to like, take a step back and think about daily activities. Think about what in the day is a little bit of a struggle and then either, you know, reaching out for assistance if you don't know how to solve that, but just taking it one step at a time, right? So that, that's doable. That's a doable tip. So, you know, there's all these safety things we talked about, the traction strips, the, the putting things on the counter, and there's so much to do. But if you just take a step back and think about your day and what do you spend the most time doing and that where you don't feel like 100% safe. And, and just work on shifting that one thing. And what can we do to be safer or more confident doing that one thing? And then, you know, maybe the next day, if you feel like it, you can think about the one next thing, you know, but just taking the home environment in terms of safety and, and what you're doing one step at a time. This week's episode is brought to you by Ascend Therapy. Helping aging adults who may be experiencing a setback or decline in their ability to perform everyday tasks. With Ascend Therapy, you can maximize safety and ascend to independence. Find more information in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.